Hello and welcome to Darling, You're Different, a collaborative podcast that strives to unpack and question the obstacles that may be stopping you from achieving your full potential. My name is Charlotte and I am here to ultimately help you live a healthier, happier and more successful life. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Darling, You're Different. Today, I have the absolute privilege of chatting to not only a beautiful human, but a really nice friend. This guest dropped out of school in high school to pursue his own carpentry business, but once realizing a seven-day work week just to make ends meet wasn't for him, he decided to change his own life. By breaking free of past programming, beliefs, and social norms. Alongside working as a personal trainer, this guest is also bringing people together from all over Australia to consciously connect and collaborate through conversation. He has recently created Project Thrive, a 12 week transformational programming helping to create unstoppable humans. This guest truly goes over and beyond to help others succeed in life. So saying that, please help me welcome the man that is helping people to shift from just surviving to absolute thriving, Ryan. (laughs) Hello. Oh, wow. That was epic. Can you send me that bio? Because that was, (laughs) I have goosebumps like, Oh, wow. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And it's an absolute honor to be on your show. Yay. Well, thank you for being here. I, um, I will definitely send that through. It's, it hits different, like going through the intro of people because it's kind of fun to like look through who they are and get to know them a little bit more, obviously before jumping on. And it's like, wow, I'm impressed. I'm excited for this conversation because like, I know you a little bit, but Obviously, we'll dive into a lot of really cool stuff today about your journey and just everything that's kind of come with that. So before we get started, I love to do this with all of my guests that come on. It's just a little rapid round so we can get to know you a little bit better and as can my listeners. Is that okay? Yes, let's go. (laughs) So how old are you? I am 25. Awesome. And where are you from and where are you living now? So I was born in South Africa. I'm from Brisbane. So I was born and raised in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And now I live in the beautiful Gold Coast in Burley Heads. What like a contrast. Like (laughs) South Africa is so random and unique. I love it. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite food? Tacos. Yeah, you should know that. <laughs> I should know that. But hey, yeah. the listeners don't. So. No, they don't. That's true. <laughs> I feel like it's a given. It's just tacos are just most people's favorite I'm coming across. Tacos or burgers have seemed to be the most popular on this show so far. So. Yeah. And if they're not, then oh, who are more. they? <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, I love this question. Okay. What is something that you have learned this week? Oh, <laughs> to be courageous against my own thoughts. So this week's been, it's been a heavy week. Like when it comes to me launching what I'm launching and how much impact I know that this program is going to have in the world, there's been a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of beliefs that can I do this? You know, is this really what I think it is? And just having that courageous mindset to go absolutely and to just be so certain within myself. So that's a big word that I've been focusing on this week is just being so courageous with what I'm doing. So that's been a huge lesson and win for me. Yeah, this week for sure. Oh, I love that. And you can definitely hear it and see it in your tone and your persona and your face. And obviously the people listening can't see you physically, but guys, he's just glowing. He's in his element. He is doing what he's meant to do. And I, I love it. And last but not least, what is something that's made you smile today? Oh, that intro, that intro made me smile. And simply because I don't often enough take time to reflect on what I've actually done and what I'm actually creating. And to hear it in those words, that put a huge smile on my face and gave me soul bumps as well, or goosebumps, whatever you call them. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. I'm so glad. Cool. So let's jump into the meat of this chat. So who are you? Who is Ryan? Describe yourself to everyone. 
Oh, what a question. I, well, I'm 25 years old and I guess it's been a very big journey leading up to this. I guess I'll go into a bit of my story. So, you know, I was born in South, South Africa, raised in Brisbane and raised in a pretty strict household. I didn't have the best relationship with my dad and that relationship really kind of shaped me into to who I am today. And I'm still going through breaking that down and moving through the emotions of that relationship I have with my father. But I'm so grateful for all of it because it shaped me to who I am today. But yeah, you know, I dropped out of school in grade 11 because, you know, my beliefs and my programs were that if I want to create some sort of success in my life, I have to go and work physically hard because that's exactly what my father did. And that's what I saw, right? It was him working, you know, seven days a week and hardly saw him and building his own company. And, you know, so that's what I thought. I was like, if I want to be successful, I have to leave as soon as I can. And I have to start trading time for money physically because that's, you know, that's what I saw growing up. And I didn't see myself doing anything else but working physically. So it's exactly what I did. And I dropped out of school and I started on a job site as a carpenter. And I had no idea even what a carpenter was. Like, I was just like, cool, whatever it is, you know, I'm a tradie now. This is sick. I want to start on a job site. This is awesome. $7.80 an hour. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, literally working like ridiculous hours. And yeah, it was wild. And that's kind of where the downward spiral started for me. Fair enough. <laughs> Being surrounded by those kinds of people, right? On like job sites and it was a rough environment. Like if you're a trader, you, you would know what it's like. It's kind of hard to explain, but mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, you're surrounded by not the greatest environment. <laughs> yeah. And that took its toll after a while. And I ended up moving through my apprenticeship, finished my apprenticeship. And I was like, you know, I want to get out of this and start doing this myself. So I started building my own carpentry business. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to build the biggest building company ever. And I'm going to just be financially free. I'm going to be able to travel the world and just have this abundance of income. (laughs) And I got into the more managerial side, the more supervising, the more leading hand carpenter side where I wasn't even working on the tools anymore. And I got to experience the construction industry from kind of the aspect of supervising and being in that role of running the actual job itself. And I fast realized this is definitely not where I wanted to be. (laughs) Then I was running my own jobs and building out this carpentry business. And I was like, I don't even want to do this. And I'm working seven days a week. You know, I had a six figure income from my carpentry business. And I was like spending it all on weekends because that was my way out. That was Mm -hmm. my way to feel something from it. So Yeah, that kind of, you know, I was 21 and I feel like that was my midlife crisis. (laughs) Hey, you can only go up from rock bottom, can't you? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, being in that and going through that and being in that kind of environment, like my relationships turned to shit. I wasn't growing. I wasn't investing in myself. And I really did hit rock bottom. And I remember saying to myself one day, and like, I'll never actually forget this moment where I... We went on a family trip to Thailand and it was the first time where I was in this position questioning my life of what do I actually want to do? Because this isn't working out and this isn't, I'm not happy, right? I'm borderline. Yeah, I was just super unhappy. And then we went on this family trip and it took for that to remove me from my environment to take a a bird's eye view, look at my life. I say that to people all the time. If they feel stuck or frustrated, remove yourself from your environment, from where you're living, like go on a holiday for a two to three weeks somewhere else. And then you're really going to get a good look at your life and you know where things are at and where they're going. So I was on a beach in Thailand with the family and I remember sitting there and I was reading uh, the 5am club from Robin Sharma. Yeah. I just remember sitting there specifically. Phenomenal book. Really, really good. And I remember making the, this, like the decision that I will never not put my happiness first again. Yeah. And that was it. When we got back, I finished the last job I had to do, my carpentry business, and I parked my trailer in the shed, closed the door, and I haven't looked at it since. It's still sitting there. And that Is was it really? four years ago. Yes. Wow. 
You know, that is yeah. determination in itself to just make that decision and go literally go all out. And yeah. So what I want to know is obviously you made that big decision, but why fitness? Why spirituality? Why that of all things? Yeah, for sure. So I signed up to a CrossFit gym when I was going through this whole transition. I was like, I wasn't working anymore. And I was like, you know what? I've always loved health and fitness. I'm going to study to be a PT. And the amount of people that told me like, you know, you won't be able to do well in that industry. It's too flooded, whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this for me, regardless if I actually become a PT or not. This is for me. Then I signed up to a CrossFit gym and he was my first real mentor. His name was Dean. And he introduced me to podcasts, into audio books he introduced me to his mentors and that was my first sense of like, wow, this is, I really can create my life and change my life. And that's where my journey, my personal development journey really started and connecting the dots backwards. Now I realized I always just wanted to help people. Right. And I fell into carpentry and into the tradey life because that was just my programs and beliefs on how to be successful was doing that. But deep down, I just wanted to help people. And when I found this love for personal development, I was like, oh my, this is like, I absolutely love being able to first and foremost, create that change for myself, but then be that change that I wish to see in the world. So that's really where it started for me with my personal training and fitness. And then I just went all in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to absolutely go all in and do this thing because this is what lights me up. And this is, you know, I understand that if I'm on purpose every day, then I won't, I'll never have to work a day in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I would love to know that what's something personally along this journey that you've potentially, cause you've spoken a lot about like conditioning and programming and what we're kind of brought up to believe that we are, but also our potential. So with that, what is something that you personally have had to decondition in yourself, whether it be mentally or physically? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally rewiring my whole brain and Mm. yeah, wow. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) And where that really started from was being connected with Morgan and the whole dream out loud, like mission and vision and being around that environment with those kinds of people, people that are talking about the most insane things that I thought at the time, you know, their goals and their dreams, their visions, I really started to question myself. And Mm. when I started asking better questions, I started getting better results. And I just, yeah, it was really when I started surrounding myself with those different people that my programs and beliefs were started to get questioned. And then Mm. I was like, okay, like, and then I realized that I can start creating my reality and create new neural pathways and new thoughts. And that's where it really started for me. Yeah. Mm. So for the people listening now, do you think there are ways that maybe they can identify these things? Like maybe they don't necessarily see an issue with the people they hang around, but they know something's not quite right. Is there a way that maybe they can like take a step back and observe? Yeah, for sure. Look, I understood that what I want in life, I need to be talking and surrounding myself with people that have that thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. when I started doing that, I started realizing my old friend groups and my families and like how they would talk. And I noticed a difference. There was a very distinct difference between the language that the people have, you know, the people that I look up to and the people that actually living the life that I want to live. There's a very different way that they talk and act and be that my old circle, friendships, families, relationships didn't have. And that's where I was like, okay, there's, you know, there's obviously very distinct difference here. And then that was definitely it. And it's definitely been a journey separating and moving on because as we grow, like we level up and whether your friends or family come with you, it's totally okay if they don't, but you got to be totally okay with being able to let that go and to be able to love them from afar. Because that was something that I struggled with. I was like, oh, you know, I still want to be with these guys. I still want to live near them. And I was like, I can still love them from afar, but you know, if I really want this, then I need to be around these kinds of people more. Yeah, it's so true. And something that kind of came to my mind as you were talking was that whole like energetics thing. And 
you can generally feel it when you're in a group of people, whether it be your friends, but sometimes you just feel physically drained and the conversation's just like, oh, like we're bitching about Karen again, like far out. Like, or even mm. I know personally, like I've told some friends like about all these ideas that I have and instantly they're like, oh, should, should you do that? Like similar to what they were saying about your PT, like and putting you down and not kind of lifting you up. So it's even recognizing that are you surrounding yourself with people that are lifting you up and excited for you, not trying to bring you down to bring them back down because it's their level of comfort, if that makes mm. sense. But, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, that's why I've created my community. I've created yeah. my Thrive Conscious community. So people can have that environment to step into and be supported and celebrated, not pulled down. And they can be in an environment where there's a whole network of people that are there to support you and help you in any sort of way. But then also like with my personal development journey, it was quite lonely because I was in that friend group and I was still living at home and I was still surrounded by those people. And I didn't want to talk about personal development because it was weird to them. It was woo-woo. It was, yeah, like you think you can change your life by, you know, just reading a book. And, you know, they were like the beliefs and thoughts. And that's why I created this community was... For people like who I was, you know, they can have that space and then they can bring their friends and family within that space as well. So, mm. yeah, that's why I've created this community for that specifically. But it can be a lonely journey for sure. So let's chat about this community. So people listening, whether they be in Melbourne or the Gold Coast or I don't know, we've had some people starting to listen from like Norfolk Islands. I don't know where that is, but it sounds cool. But anyway, where is this community that you're talking about? What is it in your own words? And why did you start it for yourself? Like you've kind of briefly touched on that already, but. Yeah, no, for sure. So in the gym that I work out in Burley, we've got a, a whole cafe a community area in the front. I saw, and I saw that space and I was like, this is perfect. I can create a community here and um, we can run it on Saturdays. And what we do is, it's open to anyone and everyone that wants to come along and start getting around that better environment, that better conversation, that more powerful conversation. So yeah, run it on every Saturday in Burley here on the Gold Coast. And eventually it'll get to the point where I'll be bringing in other speakers and stuff to add more value. And people come in and they allow them to share their business, their ideas, so they can be supported. Like there was a yoga teacher last week, you know, that shared her business. And then quite a few of us went along and supported her business, which was really cool. And like I said, my journey was quite lonely. And I just wanted to create that environment for others to have. And who knows, it might, you know, I might create one in every city. <laughs> I don't know. I really Maybe. don't know where it's going. But it's been popular, like the Facebook groups, um, just over 300 people now, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, people are loving it. And I get crazy messages every single week, like, so grateful you've created this community or what you said last week, because each week we have a different topic of conversation. And it's all around conscious things. The other week, we did a whole hour on setting intentions and goal setting and journaling exercises and stuff. And then people message me like, oh my God, like I've just changed this simple shift. I've just made this simple shift in my life and so much has changed from it. And it's been absolutely incredible. And I thank you so much for that. So getting those messages, I'm just like, okay, this is really cool. Yeah. So that's my passion behind it. That's why I created it. And that's what lights me up about it. Yes. And congratulations. That sounds insane. And I feel like, I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere and all of a sudden it is booming. So you should be very proud of yourself for that. Now, one thing I would also like, there's so many things I could talk to you about because you just encompass so many different avenues. And I love that so much. Um, but let's kind of jump into the exercise side of things, if that's okay with you. So let's cut it right back. What is exercise? What does it look like to you? For sure. That's a great question. So I started, and I think most people start training for all the wrong reasons. I started training because, you know, I was trying to train my ego. I didn't have confidence. I didn't have, you know, I was training to look good, you know, so I could get more girls or, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. when you train your body, like you could look at, at the biggest bodybuilders in the gym, right? Mm. They came in as like skinny little boys, right? And now mm. they've trained themselves, but deep down they're still insecure and unconfident. 
they're just a bigger version of it. And if you don't do the other work as well, then it can be not the greatest. <laughs> so for me, it was definitely, I came in for all the wrong reasons. It was definitely that to train my ego, but being in that environment yet again, surrounded by someone who was actually a mentor helped me and showed me that like exercise is a way to connect with your body. And it's the first stepping stone that most people make to connect with themselves. And on an energetic level, if you know much about chakras or energy centers, it's actually the first energy center, which is physical health. And unlocking that first center allows you to start being able to move up and be within your body. So for me, it's now become a spiritual practice. But for me, like the ultimate confidence comes as a byproduct from training and moving your body, but being able to develop the awareness to be aware of your body. So it's really encompassing that whole, like, yes, it's a physical thing, but mentally you almost need to work on that if as much or if not more to achieve the better results in a way. So what are ways people can maybe start this journey? I always say, find someone who has what you want and pay them to learn how they got it (laughs) or just ask great questions. Because like I said, I built solid training foundations from having the right mentor and the right coach. Years before that, you know, I would just train in, in the gym and just literally come in and do whatever. And I wasn't seeing any results and I wasn't in that supportive community and environment. I was just training by myself to train my ego. And it wasn't until I got into that environment, had that coach and mentor that really showed me the foundations of training, how to actually move your body, how to develop functional movement patterns and, you know, how to deal with movement dysfunctions and uh, how to start breathing correctly, how to start being more within my body while I'm training. And then also another thing is becoming more aware of your thoughts while you're training. So that was a huge shift for me because, you know, you can't do a hard CrossFit session without going deep somewhere mentally. Like, (laughs) yeah, you go to some dark places and being able to handle yourself in that environment and that situation is phenomenal. And I think everyone should go to that place Hmm. and you will learn a lot about yourself. I used to do a hard session and I would get angry and frustrated Cause that, you know, that's where I was at. And that was the emotion that was trying to come out was anger and frustration towards my father. So when I started healing myself on a spiritual level, as well as training, um, you know, it gradually got better and being able to, um, what I guess what I'm getting at, it was training helped me develop that awareness of, well, there's something there. I need to work on that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it does. Oh, what is it? There's like something I heard the other day. It's like, your body is a reflection of your unconscious mind. So what is happening in your physical external being is actually a reflection of what you can't even see or think about in your mind. And so when you kind of talked about the anger coming out as a reflection of something you were dealing with with your dad, obviously it's it's going to come out when you're moving your body. And, oh, there was, I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about how trauma is stored in all these different parts of the body. So that's how you can physically look at a person and like obviously do your assessment, things like that, and notice that it accumulates in a certain part. So if you have, like for me personally, I've grown up with a lot of hip pain and we've taken it back to having a lot of trauma growing up with my sense of stability and security in my like upbringing and things like that. So uncovering all of that, I'm now like pain-free. And when it does start to flare up, I know something's not right again in that. Like, yes, it might be a physical thing, but generally once I work on the mental thing, it goes away again. It's really, it sounds a bit crazy, but it works. So Mm. I love that you touched on the connection between the body and the mind because it's so important and we just, we don't talk about it enough, I don't Mm. think. Um, Yes. But another and thing, yeah, no, go so for it. Just to, just to touch on that. So um, that's a that's a big thing that I've been in like incorporating to first of all, my assessments that I do with my clients. So when they come in and I can see that their right hand side shoulder is more internally rotated, right? So their shoulder sits mm-hmm. forward more. I can see that 
so the right hand side oh, it's different on the Zoom. yeah, I think we're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but so the, the right hand side is the masculine right so yeah. i normally ask some kind of question and if it's rolled forward like that it's, it's the masculine it's it's your body's um unconscious way of protecting it's your heart it's protection like hunchback yeah. shoulders round forward that's like covering the heart protecting that area so when i see that on the on the right hand side like that's the masculine energy i'm like i start asking questions what's happening within the masculine side in your life um you know what's mm. you know what what's your relationship like with the masculine is it you that you're too much in it in the masculine and it's becoming an issue or is there and normally it's a, it's a relationship problem or upbringing problem with the, with the father or something that stored emotion and emotion is literally, if you break it up, it's energy in motion. And yeah, yes. And you know, <laughs> it, if you can't express it and let that emotion come through and if you can't feel that emotion, then it gets stored in the tissues. And uh, as one of my mentors says, it becomes issues in the tissues and normally comes out as disease or injury. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh my God. I love this. See, rabbit holes. They just happen. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing that you actually just spoke about before that was the importance of breath and incorporating breath into movement. And I know that you're, you do a lot of breath work and it's something that's personally, it's a new thing for me, but can you talk us through that? And like, obviously we all know how to breathe. <laughs> what mm-hmm. is this thing called breath and breath work? Yeah, this is a big conversation. This one, I absolutely love it though, because breath work has completely changed my life. And I can say that wholeheartedly because it really has. So um, like I said, when I had that that mentor, when I first really started training and, and learning the foundations of, of training, um, I started to become more aware of my breath and how my breathing patterns with training um, and that was, that's one of the fastest ways that you can tap more into your body is through the breath until I started learning, learning more about it, like Wim Hof. And, you know, I did Wim Hof for a while and I was like, I just did it cause I understood there were benefits, but I never really understood what it was actually doing. Um, the last two years I, I've really done a lot of work on understanding kind of the biochemical, the psychological side of breath work. And it's very incredible. So what's actually happening is for you to be able to access different parts of consciousness, we can alter our brainwave states through our breath. So if you're working away, if you're busy, you know, you're in normally a high beta state. So that's a brainwave frequency. So that's the brainwave state that you're in is high beta. That's like thinking, getting shit done, working hard. That's high beta. To bring yourself into a more focused and high beta also stressed out. It's worrying about work. It's, you know, it's, it's stress in general. Being able to bring that back down and come into a more calm parasympathetic state. So we have sympathetic, which is fight or flight, which is stress. Then we have parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. That's our calm focused state. So to be able to bring your body back more into that we need to slow down those brainwave frequencies and how we can do that is through the breath so through the breath you can slow it down to a low beta slash alpha and what that does is allow you to tap into that more calm state to be able to be more focused so there's so many different ways that you can use breath work as a tool i use that to become more focused like i did it before this this podcast I did a few, like one round of breath work and it slowed me down and I'm like, cool, I'm focused, I'm calm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I know what we're doing. So um, another way is what it also does is it lowers the security guard of your subconscious mind, of sorry, your conscious mind. It lowers yeah. those gates down. So subconsciously, whatever needs to come up, whatever emotion needs to come up will come up. So mm. by lowering those brainwave frequencies by becoming more within yourself, within the body, more aligned in yourself, then you are able to allow those emotions to free flow out. And that's where people have, when they do breath work, they just cry. (laughs) You you can go to a breath work session and people just flood it. Like, you know, I think (laughs) most times I do a solid session, right? Like I've just, I ball my eyes out because all this stuck emotion is just coming up. And then after you just feel free, it's so good. Uh, You've experienced it. 
I've had a similar thing, but mine wasn't sadness. It was anger. And that was weird for me because I rarely, like, it's very rare that I'm an angry person. So yeah, like once I think I did it with Elise actually, and we finished and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I feel grumpy. But then, yeah, like once you move past that, you're like, you feel literally lighter. Like it's like a weight's taken off your shoulders and you're like almost a bit clearer as well. It's like, oh yeah, I got this. Mm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you know, every single time is different and whatever emotion needs to come up and through will come out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's, I guess it's a way of meditating as well. Like something we've touched on a fair bit on this podcast is just like, taking a step back and slowing down and listening to yourself and your own thoughts, but also, yeah, just being aware, which mm. I love. One, one of the greatest things to do before meditation or getting into a meditation would be to do a few rounds of breath work, because like I was saying, you get to come down into that low beta slash alpha state and allows mm. you to access different levels of consciousness. And you can really go deep in your meditation and actually allow things to come in would we call them downloads when you're able to be in that state you can receive information from the quantum not going to go too deep into that because you know we yeah could go forever but you can actually tap into a different realm and Mm. receive information that you need to receive at that time so breath work before meditating is incredible and then after that journaling everything that comes out and whatever comes out it needed to and it's always perfect yeah every time it's so true and i even guess a like a brief example for people listening that might not really understand that whole side of things and to cut it back what we can think about is just that gut feeling like sometimes you know you're walking and you're just like oh maybe that person seems a bit dodged like let's just walk the other way or like I don't know, I really had this craving for a coffee today. Let's go get a coffee. And like just kind of listening to yourself, but also like the more that you do slow down, the more that gut feeling, I guess, will become prominent and it's a really cool thing to embrace. So that's fun. Mm. I like that you've kind of like touched into this area of things because I want to mesh what we've spoken about and incorporate the power of the breath with movement and look into kind of the ways that it can be used to enhance your training and your exercise performance. For sure. Mm. So, yeah, I, I love this and I, I do it with my clients all the time. In between sets, when we're training together, I'll help them become more aware of their breath. I'll sit them down and be like, okay, in the nose, we're going to count your breaths and you're going to become aware of it. This is helping them become more conscious in general and mm-hmm. become more aware of thoughts as well. So, I love, 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 love incorporating breath work with training because that like, first of all, you can get more of an output as well if you breathe correctly. So when it comes to like biomechanically, there's breath work for, you know, breath work, like breath holds certain ways to hold and breathe into your intrinsic core and embrace that core to keep stability in your hips and things like that. There's that whole aspect of things. And then there's also the performance side when it comes to, um, like breathing through your nose. We receive more oxygen breathing through our nose and our mouth. Breathing through your nose is also a parasympathetic response. So chest breathers, so breathing into your chest through your mouth is activating the sympathetic. So that's the stress response. Yeah. So if think about it, if you're driving down the road and something jumps out in front of you in the car, and you go, holy shit, like you breathe into your mouth, into your chest. That's a stress response. Yeah. Oh my God, I just <laughs> tried it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the opposite of that is breathing into the nose, into the belly. Mm. Parasympathetic state. That's helping you become more focused and calm. So, um, and it's super interesting, like, um, you know, being a, a performance coach, like I, I will watch athletes when they're competing. And as soon as I see their mouth open, they start breathing through their mouth. I know that, or, or if that, you know, if it's a boxing fight or something and they start breathing out of their mouth, I'm, I can see like, you know, they're, they're stressed and they're slowly losing the fight. <laughs> Cause oh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. I've yeah, never noticed so, that. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I would suggest to anyone listening to this is when you're training, I have friends that tape their mouths while they train. 
They literally mm. duct tape that, not duct tape, but they use um, <laughs> tape. <laughs> so you can't breathe through your, your mouth at all. And mm. your performance just literally is so much better. And you'll feel it like instantly. Mm. You'll feel more calm. You'll feel more energized as well because you're actually receiving more oxygen through your nose. So there's more oxygen receptors in your nose. That's why we have a nose so we can breathe through it. So we're actually designed to breathe through our nose. Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole thing with the foods and stuff that we eat now as well. Our palate, so the top of our, our mouth, because of all the processed foods, I think because we're not chewing as much like meat or whatever. And the palates of our, the top roof of our mouth has actually moved up and our faces have become more narrow. And that, doesn't allow much of an airflow through your through your nasal passage so we need to develop that again and how you can do that is to just start breathing through your nose start mouth taping while you sleep that's another one because oh, when you sleep so scary. Right, yeah it does it does but it's super safe <laughs> unless you <laughs> really can't breathe through your nose and but honestly mouth taping changed a lot for me my i wear a, a fitness i wear like a tracker um, mm-hmm. that tracks my sleep pretty intensely and yep. the results from like not breathing through my nose sleeping was insane. Like my sleep just got so much better and it's all these little things. It's crazy, but I guess bringing it all back to training. <laughs> um, <laughs> Full yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I love incorporating this with training simply because people can become more conscious and more aware of their thoughts and how they're showing up and there's that whole performance side. And then there's also the developing a high level of consciousness as well through connecting Mm -hmm. with your body, becoming more aware of how you move, of what's tight, what's, you know, where do I need to work or uh, a big, big, big thing that I probably should have put more emphasis on was becoming aware of your energy. So that's another thing in the way of knowing. So when you become more aware of your body, you can tap more into your body. You can become more aware of your energy and your state and how you feel when it comes to stress. So for example, I used to train myself into the ground because I wasn't tapped into my body. I didn't understand. I didn't feel it. I wasn't able to feel the signs of overtraining. I wasn't able to feel the signs of feeling a little bit stressed or you know, if uh, I wasn't able to feel the signs of being at work and getting super stressed out and knowing the difference between when I need to take some time to breathe and become more centered or to keep going and pushing through it and then eventually ending up in burnout. And that's yeah. where I see a lot of my clients. And you know, some of them will come in and we won't even train. We'll sit down and we'll breathe and we'll talk about what's coming up for you right now. Because mm-hmm. that's more important than just hammering yourself and adding more stress. So the breath has been a way to tap more into that knowingness of yourself and Hmm. what you need right now. Yeah. What are some of the ways that you discovered that about yourself? Like what physically, I guess, can people maybe look out for in themselves? Like it's obviously going to be different from person to person, but maybe just some general rules of thumb. Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely your mood. So Hmm. just your mood around people, like, if you were super happy and bubbly and then you hung out with someone and then your mood dropped, that's one way of just being aware of your energy, first and foremost. The second one would be to to just feel into, I guess, just how you feel showing up for yourself. Like mm. the thoughts that you're having. Are they like, fuck this, you know, I don't want to be here. I don't feel like training. What are, like, your body mm. is literally telling you right? Sometimes I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just really don't feel like training. And then that's my body like, hey, like you actually need a rest. So becoming yeah. aware of, you know, your diet, like, you know, what you're actually saying to yourself internally, your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some ways is, you know, obviously breath work, meditation, getting in touch with nature more. And there's millions of different ways that you can handle it. <laughs> mm, yeah, It's true. Yeah. And nature, I love that you brought that up because holy shit, I feel like it's something that we just don't do enough of. And I've seen a lot of people start to talk about it a lot more, which is amazing because I was thinking about it the other day and people that might be listening might be able to relate because we wake up, we get in the car, we go to work, we sit in a building or I don't know, generally it's inside. You might be lucky and have an outside job. 
but and you finish your job, you get back in your car, you're back inside, you sit your ass on the couch and you don't move or you stay indoors. And it's something that we're just becoming so programmed at doing that we just don't get outside unless it's for that little transfer. Like, or maybe it's a rare, like bit sunny outside. It's a nice walk. Like one thing I've noticed so much about winter in, I'm in Melbourne and it's absolutely been bucketing is that everyone's like, oh, it's raining. I can't go outside. And it's like, well, no, that's some of the best times to do it because it's so uplifting because there's so many elements going on. And it's just crazy that we're just becoming so not in touch with that own nature around us. And it's literally everywhere, but we're like avoiding it, but it makes us feel so good. So yeah, random side note, but I just love that you brought that up. No, no absolutely. Like that. that's one huge thing. And it comes back to like developing that awareness because I'm at the stage where I can, I'm aware of how I feel when I haven't been in nature enough. And I know kind of the signs where, Hey, like this weekend, I need to turn my phone off and I need to go for a hike in the bush in nature and get in touch with that again. So that's another thing about developing the self-awareness to understand how you feel, but then also what you need as well. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an awesome segue (laughs) because one thing that I know that you've kind of spoken about a fair bit through your work and on your like page and things like that is the identity of self and like self-love, self-confidence, self-clarity. And I would love to hear from you, like, what is self? Mm. That's a big question. (laughs) Yeah, that is, that's a massive question. No, it's cool. Um, What is self? Look, I would put it down to the knowingness of your existence, knowing who you are, exactly why you are here on this planet and what you need to do here. I think we are souls having a human experience and we need to find out and tap into why and what experience are we meant to be having here Mm -hmm. and what can we do to fulfill that purpose that potential of what we're supposed to be doing here because that was one thing I didn't know, you know, I had no direction, no clarity on what I actually wanted to do when I had that kind of like from going from carpentry to becoming a a health and performance coach. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but as soon as I started doing this, I gained that clarity and confidence and certainty. I'm like, this is exactly what I am here to do and connecting the dots backwards. I can see that. So I think everyone needs to develop that part of themselves. Yes. <laughs> so what are some, I guess, tips for some people listening to become more, develop more clarity and more confidence in themselves? Mm. We'll go through my three pillars that I teach that I'm going to be running through in my 12-week intensive. So the <laughs> first one, I call it the identity triad. So mm. developing and becoming the person. So th- the first one is that exactly that, developing and becoming the person. These are all ways that you can tap into yourself and develop a higher level of confidence and certainty in who you are and why you're here. So the first Mm -hmm. one is developing the identity of the person that you want to become and becoming that person, understanding that it starts with you. So that's the first pillar. And then the second pillar is training and nutrition. So it's developing that awareness within your body. It's fueling your body as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, being so conscious with, the foods that you're eating because it's beyond important. (laughs) Mm. It's nuts, you know, like we have, yeah, it's not like, so we have the main nerve that connects our brain to our gut. It's called the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And from that connection, from the brain to the gut, out of all the messages that are sent, 90% of the messages are from the gut to the brain. Mm. Yeah. Only 10% are from the brain to the gut. So literally how you eat dictates your mood, how you show up and your energy. Yeah. That's a big part of my second pillar is training and nutrition. So it's all developing this self-awareness within yourself and having the tools to do so. The last pillar, the third pillar is harnessing your energy and embodying it. So, you know, becoming aware and familiar with your energy, how to perform at a high level how to raise your energy and your standards and then how to harness it as well without burning out. So they're my three main pillars and that's how my clients, you know, for the last four to five years have been developing that unstoppable confidence and knowingness within themselves. 
has been through those pillars. And now I get to teach it on a larger scale, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. That is super exciting. And it's just, by the time this is live, I believe your program will be out. Well, it's already kind of in the works, isn't it? But guys, go check it out for sure. Um, and you kind of briefly touched on how are we going for time? Are you okay to keep going? Oh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I feel like there's so many things. I'm like, yeah. Um, you touched on embodiment. And again, that's something maybe a lot of people have heard of and they're just like, oh, yeah, just embody it. But what does it look like to you? Mm. I think the best way to describe embodiment and what it is, is to understand the three levels of learning. So the first level is knowing something. So you can know something and that's literally as far as it goes. Then the second level is understanding something. So this is where most like you look at a professor that teaches business at university. He's a professor. He's not a business owner, but he's teaching business, right? He knows it and he understands it and that's it, right? Mm. The third level is total embodiment. That's someone for in that scenario, that's someone who is a business owner who is running highly successful companies and businesses and learning from them, right? Like that, that's embodiment and embodiment is walking and talking the thing. It's your actions align with your words. It's you literally live and breathe the thing. So, you know, for confidence, right? People, most people know how to be confident and they understand how most confident people would show up in the world. Yeah. but they don't do it themselves. So embodiment is when you know about it, you understand it and you embody it and do it yourself. Yeah. It's funny that you touched on like Electra because it's so true when you think about, like I think back to when I was in uni and the amount of my teachers that weren't actually, like I'm a nurse, so like they weren't even nurses or maybe they like were at one point, but that was like 20 years ago and it's like, isn't it funny that the people teaching us how to do the job now are people that aren't even doing the job themselves? And it was just really interesting. But mm. I guess that's when we we went into placements and things like that where you'd actually learn in the physical setting. So it kind of, yeah. again, does a full 360 to getting the coaches, learning from the people that are doing what you want to do. And yes. would you say that's the best way to achieve that? Yeah, like, you know, someone could... And I know people that go to university and they learn things and they understand it from people like that. But then the Mm -hmm. next level is embodiment. They have to actually go and do it. Until you actually go and do it, you haven't embodied it. You just know about it. That's it. So my 12-week program is about learning about it, understanding it and embodying it every step of the way. Because along with the three pillars, we're also doing um, like you have a training program for the 12 weeks. So you're actually training, you're in the gym, you're doing the daily things, you're building the habits. And that's embodiment. So embodiment is a very large word in what I do. So it's a very big part of who I am and what I do. So, you know, if I learn from someone or if I am wanting to learn something, I will find the best and surround myself with that information or or whatever it is. And I will embody it and actually do it myself. I don't teach anything. Nothing in my program is nothing that I have never done myself and nothing that I don't do every single day. Mm. I'd love to know from you, like obviously you work with a lot of people day to day and what is something that maybe that you've come across or that you believe that isn't spoken about enough in your area of work? In my area of work would be connecting the personal development and spiritual side of becoming the person Mm -hmm. along with the training side of things. So there's millions of PTs out there that coach and training and nutrition. That's the first Mm -hmm. step to creating change, right? The main part is you got to change your mindset. You got to change your beliefs and programs because if you can't change those or if you haven't dealt with those, then you're not going to stick to anything because those past programs and beliefs are going to win every single time. So that would be the one thing would be bringing the actual personal development and mental, emotional, spiritual growth into personal training. And that's where I know I'm different in the personal training world is because I offer that. And that's the bridge I'm trying to gap because that's where I know the most transformation comes is from developing the identity and embodying all areas of health, every pillar. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we're all about difference here. That's what this podcast is for. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So thank you so much for today, Ryan. I really appreciate it. And before we kind of get to the end of this chat, I would love for you to let us know, like, where can my listeners find you? So mainly Instagram. So just Ryan Moresby White on Mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, if you don't know how to spell that, look on the podcast. It'll probably be there. <laughs> so Ryan Morsby White on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And also TikTok. I started posting some videos on there. So if you want to find me there, send me, you know, jump on there, send me a message. I love, love, love connecting with people. So yes, mm. we'd love to connect. And if you're in Burley, guys, go check out this coffee. Cause that yes. sounds like fun. <laughs> Can't wait for you to come. I'm working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, I would love to know. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. I could talk all day. Like there's just so many things, but anyway, people are probably like, Charlotte, what are you doing? Um, Is it all right if we end on one final question? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's not it. But (laughs) what is one piece of advice that has changed your life? I would say... The biggest thing that's changed my life is getting around the right people and learning from them. So it would be find someone who has the things that you want and ask them how they did it and learn from them and invest in yourself and, you know, learning from them. So that'd be the biggest piece of advice would be, would definitely be that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Darling, You're Different. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star rating and a written review. Also reach out to me on Instagram at charlotte underscore McKinnon and I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. But also if there are any guests that you think that I should have on this show or any topics that you would like me to discuss, let me know. I want you to go out today and do something to make someone else smile. I am so grateful to each and every one of you. But most importantly, I want you to remember that, darling, you are different. And that is such a good thing.